What's up, you guys? Welcome to the July 2nd edition of the Roto World Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm Mike Gallagher. Getting ready to break down Sunday's first official free agency day. We had a lot of news we talked about on Saturday night, so bag it there for all. all. Tommy Beer and I went nuts on a lot of topics, so definitely check that out. But we'll ask Ryan about that too in a second. Uh, would be to do so, as you probably guess. Ryan Canas, what's up, man? How's it going, Mike? Fun, fun 48 hours in the NBA. I love this. It's nice, man. Free, free agent season. Yeah, a lot of uh, summer leagues back tonight. I mean, we're no more Westworld, no more Jesus and Miro. Like, my TV watching stuff's all gone now. Um, but now we have summer hey. league. So, yeah. pretty, pretty exciting times. Yeah, and I don't watch too much NCAA during the season, so Summer League, as I know, I know you watch a lot of games, it's very important for me to get a feel for who these guys are, what they can really do on the court, so I know a lot of NBA fans kind of check out or you know only pay attention to free agency, but um, if, if that's you, come to Roto World, because we'll be watching all these games and, and breaking them down for you. Yeah, Friday with uh, Vegas kicking into action, I'm going to be unblurbing all day. I'll hit every lottery player, every rotation player, I'm probably going to put up like... 75 to 100 blurbs that day. Uh, nice. So really exciting with that. Okay, so let's start with the big news, obviously. The guy whose name starts with L and, and ends with N. And he's going to Los Angeles. Lance Stevenson. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Le- 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 LeBron James. Uh, he is in Lakerland. Felt like it was going to be this for a while. Uh, I saw Rich Paul do an interview on Jesus and Miro, and he was like, yeah, LeBron pretty much knows where he's going to go. So unless somebody really pitched him and no one really had a chance to, uh, he was going to Los Angeles, so a whole lot of like themes here. Uh, I thought one of the craziest themes pointed out by Tim Reynolds of AP, just how heavy the West is. Mm-hmm. All seven MVPs that are active are in the West. That includes Derrick Rose. Uh, and then uh, 16 players who have been first-team All-NBA, uh, 13 of those 16 are in the West. And then the All-Star appearances, 168 for the West, 69 for the East. Like that—that's just crazy to me. How talent-rich the West Coast. You poor you out on the East Coast, man. You got to move out to the West to get to bed at a reasonable <laughs> time and watch all these games. Yeah, it's it's incredibly lopsided. And our own Tommy Beer was was pulling some awesome stats along those same lines about just how lopsided it is. I think he said the only um, players in the Eastern Conference who were top five vote getter for MVP award was Joachim Noah. <laughs> um, Maybe He'll probably be on West too with with the, the Wolves. Uh, finally get get after him. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, it's it's wild, and I, I mean, I'm excited. I don't really care. I'm not like a, a Eastern Conference, you know, fanboy. So I just love the game, and I think LeBron being in LA is awesome for the sport. Uh, I think it's going to be you know must see TV when he plays the the Warriors. Obviously, the Rockets games are going to be crazy. Uh, Lakers versus Celtics takes on a whole new tenor with LeBron out there. So. Uh, I love it all, and honestly, it changes the balance in the East, uh, you know, nearly as much as it does the West, because now the Raptors have a much easier path potentially to the finals. The Celtics look like the favorite. Uh, you know, maybe I'm selling the, the Sixers a little bit short, especially depending uh, what what else they do in free agency and trades. But uh, really, just opens up the Eastern Conference, so I I rather like it. Yeah, and just to fantasy too. I mean, if, if you run through the first round of drafts. Probably only two Eastern Conference players, Giannis and Depot, if you consider him a first rounder too. Like it's kind of wild that it's just even fantasy wise, it's so Western based, and like even with the playoffs, I mean, so wide open, right? I mean, besides Golden State, Houston, the Lakers, and I would probably throw Utah in there. 
as locks, and it's kind of open, man. I could see a bunch of teams either falling off or jumping up, pretty much besides the the old cellar dwellers in the Pacific. And I don't know, I don't know if it'll count the Clippers, but the Suns and the Kings obviously are going to be dead. But really, it's kind of wide open. Yeah, there's there's tons of uh, fluidity, and obviously a lot of it depends on what happens with guys like Kawhi, uh, what happens with Demarcus Cousins. But it's funny because even if Kawhi leaves and the and the Spurs are left with just some young pieces that you know they're they're looking to the future with draft picks, I still can't write them out of the playoff picture. <laughs> like I yeah. feel like I, I feel like they're gonna somehow squeak in like they did last year at the number seven seed, despite getting nine games from Kawhi. Um, I, they're just too well coached to, you know, they're all on the same page and, and they're not a team that I, I can't possibly see them tanking. So, um, yeah, I'm going to put them in the playoffs almost no matter what happens. For sure. Yeah. DeJounte, you're better who I really like, especially if they do deal. Maybe they can go with all Washington guards, uh, get, get Fultz, <laughs> pick up Isaiah Thomas, just go with as many Washington guards as they can. Um, so fantasy side on this, I've been saying for pretty much a year now uh, that after this season, that once LeBron is going to go all out this season, are we expecting him to sit at all or what? I mean, he's, he obviously just, the reports people have been saying, like this season took out, it's basically like two seasons worth of seasons he put in. So do you see him kind of dialing back, not playing, you know, maybe playing 73 games, something along those lines? Uh, I'm not necessarily sure they'll intentionally rest him. It's It's entirely possible. But I think his first season in L.A., he's not going to want to have the image of old man LeBron who needs to get his rest. I, I do see perhaps the Lakers scaling back his minutes. I mean, his workload last season was crazy. What did he, he averaged uh, 36.9 minutes per game without missing a single game. Yeah, I don't yeah. see I don't see him playing more than 35 a game. Maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I feel like that's still a reasonable workload. You know, they're, he's obviously the pillar of the team. They're going to lean on him. I just don't know if they're going to lean on him quite as much as the Cavs did last year. And one other thing, too, about the whole... like He basically just went there because he wanted to live there. Like, I don't feel like it was, you know, who they could put on the court with him. I think that it was just, like, his family. And L.A. is awesome. Like, it's a great place to live. If I could move my family there and I could buy a house there, I totally would. Like, I definitely yeah. love L.A. Um, it's not just about... It's a, cool, it's a cool place to live. So, definitely, especially when you have a... Hunt, probably a billion dollars when he's done playing like he yeah or he can afford yeah. whatever he wants so yeah, i mean my my speculation about lebron's motives are as as good as a uh, anyone else's but you got to think that the, the huge market there just helps uh the fact that he right uh, lives there on the off season and the fact that the lakers are really well positioned they've got a lot of cap space coming up uh, next summer, obviously, you saw them do a lot of one-year deals this year. We'll talk about some of those guys in a minute. So they're going to have tons of flexibility going forward. So even if they don't manage to get Kawhi this year or uh, you know, are a little bit hesitant to get DeMarcus Cousins because of his injury, they can potentially wait a year. And apparently when LeBron met with Magic for uh, Magic Johnson for three hours before deciding to sign with the Lakers, and he signed that long-term deal and made it clear to the Lakers, like, this is a long-term you know, I'm I'm buying into the franchise, so I think a whole new chapter in his career, the chance to to play where he lives, the chance to be in this huge global market. I think it all just dovetailed perfectly for him. Do you think the whole like Lakers? I've seen a lot of people talk about like the Lakers brand thing. I mean, sure, that's probably what made him go towards them over the Clippers. But I don't know if it's like the LA Lakers brand thing is a big thing for me. I just think it's more about the family life in the city because I've, I mean, obviously their championships, them and the Celtics like have that unlocked. But do you think that was a factor at all, or it's pretty much just kind of like a bonus? Yeah, I'd say it's. I mean, maybe a factor. It's it's different putting on the 
you know, the, the purple and gold than putting on a Grizzlies uniform. <laughs> oh, um, man. So, yeah, I, I think it's a, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about – so I guess real quick, where do you take LeBron then? Uh, for that mock draft we did, he went ninth, I believe. Yeah. So I guess I, I, that's a pretty good spot. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of talent around him, obviously. It sounds like you probably – I think right there around eight, seven, eight. I mean, if you want to take him four, I mean, really after – I guess you could say the big three being Anthony Davis, Cat, and Harden for me. Uh, and I guess you could throw Giannis in there. So you could really put LeBron, and I'd probably put Jokic firm at five for me too, just with what we've learned about the lack of big men. But yeah, I mean, anywhere from that six to 12 range is a good spot for him. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, I, I always think from a nine cap perspective, so his turnovers hurt. Free throw percentage wasn't terrible last year, but 73% isn't great. Uh, the worst of any player who was top 30, I believe. Uh, Rudy Gobert might be the first player on a per game basis who was... Um, uh, had a lower free throw percentage than LeBron in nine cap value. So yeah, I'm not super eager to take him at. I mean, you mentioned four. That's too high for me. Uh, but yeah, six to twelve range feels about right. And if you're in a points league, you could make the argument that he could go even higher. Yeah, for sure. For points, definitely you could probably definitely above like Jokic, for instance, in points. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. Um, a great strategy too would be punting free throws, um, going with Gobert or Drummond on the way back. I mean, even if you're sitting there at, like, say you pick LeBron, and I have Gobert higher than Drummond by a lot, but if you're sitting there, and if you're going to punt it, then Drummond probably has more value than Gobert does. Yeah, you very well may. You got a guy like Capella you might be able to steal in the third, fourth round even. Um, and then, obviously, Ben Simmons. You gotta, you almost got to target him aggressively if you have LeBron on your team. That's another one, too. I mean, you're just chilling with, with the triple-double categories, defensive categories, and just pick up some shooters later. Um, and, yeah, you'll, you'll be pretty strong in field goal percentage, too. Okay, so let's talk about the other kind of ancillary pieces, lancillary pieces, I guess, um, with <laughs> – I'm terrible. With, with the Lakers. Oh, that's actually like, pretty good. Thank you, thank you. Um, so Lance Stevenson, JaVale McGee, we'll talk about kind of the fall on the Warriors side, one guy I particularly want to talk about. And then KCP, clutch sports hookup um, with the Rich Paul factor. That may have been a factor. Who knows? So what do we make of this? The Lakers probably aren't done, so it's kind of tough to really pinpoint who's going to have value and who doesn't. So I, I kind of just give it an incomplete right now. I, I don't even really think it's worth spending too much time on this. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, there's going to be more moving pieces. My big question right now, which beyond the, how hilarious it is that LeBron and Lance are on the same team, but you know, every, everyone already knows that, um, it, is where's the spacing going to come from? I look at the additions they've made. KCP can hit threes, but he's not a knockdown shooter and he's more just a spot up guy. Uh, Lance Stevenson needs the ball in his hands. Apparently they've been talking to Tyreek Evans, another guy who doesn't have terrific range and also needs the ball in his hands. Um, uh, Julius Randle doesn't have terrific range and like, you know, is better moving toward the basket. Lonzo ball. We don't even need to go there. So they really need shooters. So I think if they could do something like add Brooke Lopez, who said that he might take a discount to play for a championship. So if they could get him to buy in at, at a, at or near a veterans minimum, that would be a huge coup for them. I think, um, I'm just looking for them to add shooters. I don't know. That's, that's kind of where my mind, mindset is right now. Yeah. Brooke makes sense. I mean, he took a step back last year with his three point shooting, but he would make a lot of sense next to LeBron. Um, but yeah, so I like that. Yeah. I agree with everything you said, but yeah, again, we we've got an incomplete right now. Um, but just talking to the Javel thing, you're not drafting him, but I wrote a mega pimped out blurb for Jordan Bell 
uh, before we hopped on here. It, it's just oozing uh, with with uh, Anthony Slater said he's quote unquote guaranteed big minutes next season. Uh, he wants to be Defensive Player of the Year. Uh, at some point, he wants to work on his threes. He's going to work on that at Summer League, pick and pops, everything. Um, so it, it's looking like I love Jordan Bell. I'm taking him. Pr- him and Jordan. Uh, him and If I could draft those guys, like round six, round seven, I'd love that. Like That's probably my plan as of now. I'm way into that. And if <laughs> if, uh, if you're listening to this and you want a little more insight, go read the, the most recent Jordan Bell blurb that Mike wrote because um, it makes a great case. And the Warriors basically let – JaVale Walk. I mean, they they showed no interest in retaining him. He went to the Lakers on a one-year veterans minimum deal. So obviously the Warriors didn't try very hard to keep him. And that's despite the fact that he had a good two-year run with the Warriors. He was productive. We saw in the finals he had some terrific moments. Um, But they're sold on their youth. They're going to try to bring back Kevon Looney. But I think Bell is going to be a big part of it. And we saw last year, per per minute, he was phenomenal. So um, I'm looking at per 36-minute stats. He averaged 12 points, nine boards, four and a half assists, uh, one and a half steals, and two and a half blocks while shooting 63% from the field. Now, that's extrapolating from a mere 14 minutes per game. I don't expect the same uh, permanent productivity. But if he comes even close to that, you're talking top 50 value. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. If I could get him, you know, in the 70-80 range, I think that's going to be an easy win. One and a half, one and a half is a pretty reasonable expectation for defensive stats that is I mean I, I'm buying that I mean for a guy who's going to shoot the ball well from the field I think not a great free throw shooter but he's not going to shoot it much there um, he said he's finally he said and it was a great um, interview on The Athletic definitely check that out subscriptions mm-hmm. are really worth it by the way if I need to, to plug them really quick but um, support, ju- support journalism guys yeah exactly um, but yeah he talked a lot about how he couldn't find his shot was working on it he didn't really have his shot figured out and he says he's finally found it and now he's just getting reps in uh, and as I said earlier, like they're gonna try to let him shoot threes at summer league, but he's got or he's got to really shine. So I'm not banking on three pointers, but it's just if he hits, you know, 35, 40 percent at summer league or something, then something to keep an eye on. Uh, it's really just a cherry on top. So love him. Okay, so we're gonna kind of just go through the blurbs that we've learned since Tommy and I went. Uh, right when we wrapped up, Fred Van Fleet got signed on a pretty nice deal. Um, so not a guy I'm too keen on drafting. Uh, him and DeLon Wright are going to kind of cancel each other out a little bit. I was kind of hoping that Van Vliet would have went to Phoenix, which made way more sense, mm-hmm. um, which Tommy and I talked about. Like, Ariza going. And anything you want to add about Saturday? Like, we talked about Ariza, PG, Chris Paul, the um, Will Barton deal. Anything else that you wanted to kind of chime in on and plant your flag on from Saturday before we dig in here? Uh, I feel like I will run out of time if I go too deep on <laughs> yeah, that. But, um, but, but I will say... One smaller deal that kind of stood out to me was the Wolves signing Derrick Rose to a one-year deal. Don't understand that at all. I get that he had a solid playoff run. Um, you know, maybe Thibodeau's kind of infatuated with him from their days in Chicago. But you look at what Tyus Jones did last year and how he was frustrated enough to reportedly uh, – he was on the verge of demanding a trade from the Wolves because he was so frustrated with his role, his lack of minutes. And he was incredibly productive when he was on the court. So you thought – in a um, I forget who reported it, one of the beat writers probably, um, that the Wolves had sold Jones on the idea that don't worry, next year, you know, the, the minutes are yours, the backup role is yours, you, we're going to let you grow into that six-man position. And then they brought back Rose, which seems to completely stymie that plan. So I don't know what they're doing. I think it's frustrating because other, if Rose hadn't come back, Tyus Jones suddenly is a very interesting sleeper. Uh, right now, I'm not so sure. 
Yep, I totally agree. We actually have some boop, 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 breaking news. Um, someone signed. It's Nerwin's Noel to OKC Ooh. on a two-year deal. Ah, uh, shoot. I was hoping he was going to go to the Wizards. Yeah, Wizards or Lakers. I thought that for fantasy, been, for yeah, fantasy, Wizards yeah, would have been, been awesome been for him. But this is not yep. a great landing spot for him at all. Uh, I think you took him in the mop, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Very, very late. Yeah. yeah, I don't know where he went, but yeah. So this just kills him. But although Adams is a little injury prone, they're not gonna. They can't play those two together. So um, yeah, not good. Not good for his value. And I, I don't think he got seventy million dollars um, for, for this one. The numbers nope. are still coming out. So um, yeah, not good. Not good for him. That's interesting. I mean, I like it real world. I yeah. think it it bolsters the Thunder's chances, but. But yeah, fantasy wise, that's a disaster playing with uh, Steven Adams, who, you know, you mentioned it. He's been banged up at times, but he played 76 games last year, 33 minutes a game. So that doesn't leave a lot of breathing room for, for Nerlens. You don't think they cut into that, right? Do you think he's going to play lower ish, mid ish 30s again? Yeah, I think 30, 32, somewhere in there. Yeah, so. I think so. I actually like Steven Adams. That'd be another. Like, you could really pick up bigs if you punt with LeBron. Like. You, you can go with Adams, and you mentioned Drummond, Gobert. One of the, you can't get both, but yeah, Adams had easily his best fantasy season last year, and yeah. I don't oh, see awesome. I don't I don't see why he couldn't duplicate that. He's only he's twenty four years old, so even LeBron and Ben Simmons then go Adams later. A bunch of other bigs you can grab too, so it gives you a lot of flexibility um, yeah. when you punt there. So uh, moving on, we'll kind of just talk about the highways. We talked about all the Lakers, so. Uh, and then, did you want to add anything about OKC with Paul George or anything like that? Or uh, no, they're pretty much locked into it. I liked them bringing back Jeremy Grant, but it was a costly deal. It kind of minimizes their flexibility. So, you, you know, picking up a guy like Nerlens Noel, home run for the front office, I think, because they don't they don't have a ton of wiggle room. So, get, getting guys like that's going to be key to pad out the roster. Yep, sounds good to me. Um, okay, so moving on to the Knicks. Couple moves. Uh, obviously, we saw Fizdale say he didn't want to play Tim Hardaway Jr. and Courtney Lee together. Um, so, piggybacking off that, Mark Berman reported that they're trying to explore creating Courtney Lee. This is kind of obvious. Uh, and then they also made a big deal. They signed Mario Hazonia into their. They had the non-taxpayer mid-level, so he fit into there with some room to spare. Pretty good fit for him. Uh, he gets I love the kind it. Of, yeah, he's definitely a guy. He's on the radar for sure. Uh, he wants size. I think what's big is. Him playing successful at the four last year is really helpful for his value. I love guys who can play multiple positions. He can play pretty much three, um, especially if he wants to go big, Fizdale, that is. So, um, yeah, he's firmly on the radar, man. Uh, a guy we saw really shine when Aaron Gordon was hurt. Did kind of take a step backwards at the end of the year, but, yeah, I'm down. I mean, pick 100, 110, 120, something like that. I think he's a guy to at least look at. The Knicks are not going to be good. He's going to eat early with Chris Stapps out. They're not going to rush Chris Stapps back at all. They're going to pretty much punt this season, so... Yeah, let Mario do his thing thing. Yeah, you look at that roster, and especially with Courtney Lee on the trade block, as you mentioned, uh, I don't think they're going to need to feed Lance Thomas big minutes. So he, I, I don't see why Hazonia wouldn't start alongside, uh, alongside Hardaway Jr. So I'm thinking if he goes into the, you know, assuming they don't add another swingman who, who is a, an imminent threat to Hazonia, I'm looking at him right around 100, I think, on, on, on draft day. He's, he's trending in that direction in a hurry. Yeah, they had mentioned they were considering starting Kevin Knox. Um, I think that pretty much takes that out of the equation now. Um, so they could kind of yeah, I wouldn't expect that. Yeah, you would think Azonia is way way ahead uh, of Knox to start. So yeah, really, you could say it's a perfect landing spot for him, Azonia. Yeah, I I couldn't have thought of a better place. Uh, there were other teams after him. 
I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know Kings the Grizzlies. Yeah, Grizzlies were in there, but uh, I love I love the Knicks. And as you mentioned, without Porzingis, they're going to need guys to shoot the ball. So Hardaway Jr., if you don't care about your field goal percentage, he's gonna he's gonna have a huge usage early in the season. Um, maybe they'll turn Knox loose earlier than later, uh, but I, I yeah, I, I love uh, Hazonia here. Yeah, so let's talk about Kawhi just briefly. Uh, again, this is kind of an incomplete. Uh, he apparently wants out, um, and the 76ers are trying to offer. I, I don't know about um, the whole they're not offering Markel Fultz. Like, when push comes to shove, if you get a stab at Kawhi, you could convince him. And there was also a report that he's reconsidering playing for Philly. Uh, you you got to. You got to do that uh, if to give up Fultz to take a stab at Kawhi. I, I I'm interested to see what Fultz is doing. Drew Hanlon's like the biggest story for the Sixers uh, besides Kawhi. So um, any, any uh, do you draft Fultz? I think he went like second to last round. I, I really don't see how you draft him yet. No, I'm always leery of unproven point guards with broken shots. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's got a big enough name that I guarantee every league I'm in, someone's going to reach for him, assuming that he's going to have a breakthrough. Uh, I'm not going to be that guy. And I'm with you. I don't really buy the idea that they wouldn't include Fultz in in a trade for Kawhi, especially if they believe there's even a chance that he might re-sign, kind of like Paul George. You know, the the Thunder traded Oladipo to get him. Still maybe not the best deal that was made, but the fact that they were able to retain him casts that whole thing in a new light. You know, had George left after one year, suddenly... The Thunder front office has egg on its face. Now Sam Presti looks like a genius. So go figure. Um, But yeah, I I think if the Sixers have a legit shot at Kawhi and they've perhaps spoken to him or someone in his camp and he says, hey, I'll give you guys a a legit shot. If I feel like we could win a championship, you know, if we get to the finals, then maybe I'll resign. Of course, they I think they'd be silly not to to make that move. More breaking news. Another big man, Derek Favors, two year deal staying in Utah. Guy was pretty good last year, man. Uh, yeah. pretty, he stayed healthy, and I'm down. Um, we, we saw him really play some of his best ball. Uh, he's still young, so definitely a guy that he fell in our draft, too. Yeah, well, he was like a staple of people's don't never again lists. You know, <laughs> we, we like to do that column, and Favors was on virtually everyone's list because he's been banged up a lot in recent years. But as you said, he was healthy last year, played pretty well. Um, I'm not going to be drafting him anywhere, though. Uh, I'm, I'm down. Like, if I need a big man and I'm sitting there at, like, 120, I'm in. Yeah, okay, maybe that late. Yeah, he's going to fall. Just because Utah somehow has figured out how to play him alongside Gobert for significant stretches yeah. and then have him play as primary backup center. So um, as long as that continues, which the fact that they re-signed him, presumably they want to continue with that trend of, you know, bucking the league, going small, and, and playing with those two big guys. So... Um, yeah, you know, if, if you're talking late round flyer, I'll, I'll yeah. take them there. Especially but. with how thin the position is. That's the only thing I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the Suns really quick. A couple of things. Uh, Devin Booker reportedly is upset with the Suns. Uh, this is tied into what he sh- when he should <laughs> accept them. He can't be that mad. <laughs> I was going to uh, say, not, yeah. not for long. Yeah, to take that max deal. Um, there were some rumors that he was a little upset with how they were playing. Obviously, we saw him sit out the last part of the season. But um, to tie into that... A guy that I got on my radar, not going to draft aggressively, obviously, but last round flyer, Brandon Knight, put in a full practice today at Summer League. Something's going to start, which is crazy. Uh, I saw that Igor Kokoskov had said that he doesn't want to play Booker at the one as much as it happened last year. So, I mean, Knight's really in a good spot. I mean, Eli Kobo, who we've talked about a lot on this pod, um, definitely like him, but 
keep an eye out on Knight. Um, other than that, um, Booker, man, Booker's going to be busy though. Um, I definitely like him. Like kind of at the turn, two third, the second third turn. Oh, totally. And I'm not bothered by the fact that he's not going to play point guard much, if at all. Yeah, um, you know, they so yeah they, they they toyed around with that last year and it was fine. But I'm not. I don't think that hurts his fantasy value at all um knight is interesting because this is a guy who's completely fallen off the fantasy map i mean obviously did nothing last year and then in 2016 17 he had a brutal season that was shortened by injuries uh was also hurt in 2015 16 hasn't played more than 72 games uh in a season for the past four years so injuries are a huge concern um, but we've seen him put up top 50 per game value when he was completely healthy uh, with the Suns. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think his percentages are a huge concern. Uh, field goal percentages going to have high turnovers. So two things that nine cat owners are always a bit leery of. But, hey, if he's starting and his backup is Eli Kobo or someone, then you could see him re- uh, reasonably getting 30 minutes a game and, and being another one of those solid flyer guys, you know, risk-reward at that point. I think the Suns want to try to win. Um, we'll see how that goes early, but because um, apparently Robert Sarver is saying that he wants winning players. That's why I took reason. What do you make of the Ariza deal, by the way? Just cut your two cents on that. I thought it was interesting. It's one of those with a team that has a lot of cap space, might as well use it. Um, bring in a quality veteran. I mean, a guy that is absolutely known for his work ethic for his presence in the locker room he's going to show these young guys how to how to work the right way it also gives them the flexibility to trade tj warren which i think everyone assumes might happen now that ariza's on board and it's just a one-year deal so they bring him in he he teaches up the youth and uh and then they figure out what they want to do next year so i think it makes sense for ariza he got paid um uh, you know, obviously he prioritized that over winning a championship this year, and God bless. Um, so, yeah, I, I like it for both sides. It's not good for the Rockets. We could talk about that later. Yeah, it's but, bad um, news. Like, Golden State winning the free agency period by not doing anything. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, the, the Rockets win if they can keep their core together. So they, they managed to retain Chris Paul. That might hurt them three years from now, but we'll see. Uh, Clint Capello is still a big question mark, but there's not a lot of teams with the cap space to pry him away, so they'll probably keep him. But they lost Ariza, and that's a that's a huge. I mean, he's he's been an underrated part of their team defensively and offensively. His ability to stretch the court. Um, so we'll see who they find to replace him. I know they've uh, they're looking at James Nunnally, who I don't know much about, but apparently he's a good three and D guy who's played overseas. And uh, James Ennis is also on their radar. Yeah, uh, Nunnally was on the Trust the Process tanking Sixers a few years ago. Uh, that's right. Um, yeah, but. Um... What else was I going to say? Oh, so by the way, that Favors deal is 36 mil over two years. So pretty good payday for him. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So um, moving on. Um, yeah, I, I'm with you. And also one thing I'll add, too. The Suns maybe could trade a reason? Get, get a first rounder or something when uh, deadline day comes around? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I hadn't actually thought of him as a just a valuable but dispensable piece yeah. but yeah why, why not i'm trying to talk myself name. into drafting him and like i was like oh yeah maybe he'll sit out for the suns but then again you know maybe he's on another team and a team of yeah. 28 29 30 minutes yeah jared and i had that discussion yesterday and i was i was more on the on the side of i'm not going to touch him even though i typically tout him as an undervalued nine cat guy for sure. um for that very reason the fact that he might rest down the stretch but i hadn't considered the old uh you know trade trade ship angle <laughs> Um, so if the Rockets are having a meeting with Michael Carter Williams, like are they just like freaking out over the Ariza thing or what? Like that makes no sense to me. This one's mentioned that. That one I have no idea. Yeah. I, I don't know. All I'll say is they haven't signed him, so 
fingers crossed they won't because that makes no sense to me. Oh my god, me. yeah. That, to go from Trevor Reza to MCW is like craziness. Um, Glenn Robinson 3, does that interest you at all? Uh, Two-year deal, team option on the second year. Guy that was... I was interested to see how he would do uh, last year, but didn't really get a chance. Was hurt with the ankle injury. Was out for the first half. So, um, And are you looking at him at all? Maybe they can't bring Ennis back. Maybe he's someone to... Maybe like we're talking like super deep, but yeah, not so much. Um, I don't know. Have the Pistons guaranteed Reggie Bullock's deal? I don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, either way, I'm not too interested in GR three. He's gonna have a a lot to prove to fantasy owners because even if he's healthy and getting solid minutes, I don't trust his percentages and I don't trust him to get any defensive stats, uh, boards or assists. So uh, there's not a lot there. Yeah, he should get a chance though. I think. Uh, if he plays well, maybe. But, yeah, again, definitely wait and see. Um, we talked about Dirk enough. We don't really need to analyze that. Uh, Capel, we're still kind of wait and see mode. Uh, we talked about Rudy Gay a little bit. Obviously, on hold with Kawhi. And um, what about Jabari Parker? Actually, I missed talking about Ursan Ilyasova. So, shame on me on the first pod. So, what do you make of that? I mean, does that make it tougher to sign Parker? We saw Gary Wolfel say that. You know, it's not a lock that Parker's going to come back. Giannis would disagree with that. Said he's quote ain't going nowhere. So, what do you make of Jabari Parker getting interest from the Bulls? Do you see anybody that do you, anybody that can pry him away? Yeah. Well, first of all, Giannis isn't going to pay his uh, Jabari Parker's salary, so he could say whatever he wants. But um, yeah, I guess the the Bulls showed interest, which I thought was weird because they already have their own twenty three year old restricted free agent who with with a history of major lower body surgery. So in Zach Levine, so I'm like, that's a curious move for them. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. Again, this is a bad summer to be a restricted free agent. We saw Aaron Gordon uh, sign a deal well under his max. There's just not a lot of teams that can make huge offer sheets to bring back to your existing team. So I think that's the boat Jabari's in. He's going to, he might try to scrape up a better offer than what the bucks are willing to give him. Uh, but I think ultimately he comes back with the, with the bucks. Um, Ilya Sova seems more like just, just veteran depth, um, which they lacked last year. I mean, they, they really need that a guy who could play uh, power forward center in a pinch and stretch the court i think he's a you know a good rebounder that was a great pickup for them and a weird weird footnote i saw someone tweet that Ilyasova will have now played for his seventh different coach with the bucks alone oh my god i missed that that's amazing yeah yeah i i can't rattle him off but yeah seven different coaches during his tenure with the bucks he may get a no trade clause i saw Oh, okay. Which is nice. That guy's been traded so much. So. Yeah, he wants some stability. Come on. Yeah, right? He even said that. And he was wanted to go to Philly because he knew the area and stuff. So that was cool. Um, Seth Curry. Um, I've seen Charlotte talk about him a lot. Uh, obviously, didn't play last year uh, with that thing. That, that, that was one of Steve's guys. And I was down, I loved Curry two years ago. But, um, yeah, I want to see what happens here, man. I uh, definitely got to get an eye on it. We'll, we'll I guess address that when it happens. Anything you want to add? No, just... Just that he could, if he's fully healthy, I could see him getting solid minutes. It's not like Dallas has the deepest backcourt. Um, but, yeah, I guess, the, I don't know. The arrival of Doncic complicates things. The fact that he didn't play it all last year is going to make him plummet in drafts. So maybe if he's there, final round, I want to give him a shot. I'll go for that. All right, I want to talk about one of my favorite sleepers, like actual sleeper. Robert Williams. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Over, overslept for the press conference call in the media. <laughs> missed the flight. 
Come on, dude. Like, an alarm clock already. Uh, and during his introductory press conference, they asked him why he was late. And he, he said, I just got a good night's sleep. <laughs> Like, sure. All right. Yeah, yeah. The day after you got drafted. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's pre- I thought it was just pretty funny. Uh, yeah, Eric Gordon, we... you mentioned uh, nice little discount. Didn't get the max. Um, so what do you think about that uh, guy that's got to improve his percentages, but could really be a stat sub,er He's really grown. Uh, Four-year, eighty-four million dollar deal. Pretty good, both sides. Yeah, and I'm I'm actually going to be targeting Aaron Gordon, I think, because he was a popular player last year. He came out of the gates just on fire. Uh, his owners were thrilled. People were talking about trading him for this guy and that guy, you know, like elite players. And then he fell off. His percentages plummeted. I think the absence of uh, Vooch really hurt him for a while because defense is completely just keyed in on Gordon because who else is going to hurt them on Orlando? Uh, I think that that really hurt him. He ended up shooting 43% from the field, under 70% from the line. Uh, But he also hit two triples per game, average career highs almost across the board, nearly 18 points, eight boards, two and a half assists, a steal, and almost a block. So I'm keyed into Gordon. I think he's going to make some strides. I don't see him shooting that poorly again from the field. Uh, Hopefully he'll bring his free throw percentage up a little bit. Uh, it doesn't turn the ball over much, so I'm I'm well into it. And he's obviously installed as a centerpiece for the franchise, and especially if they, I, I mean, they just need him to score. He's a go-to guy, so uh, I really like him. I, I'm probably, you know, 40, 50 range. Yeah, I'm with you too. Um, I was big on him last year, and like you said, he was so so hot to start. He's still 22 years old. Uh, he's going to be 23 in September, so definitely yeah. room for growth. A guy that when he came out of college, you knew he was going to be kind of a little bit raw. He, fin- he was like, oh, yeah, I'm a three, I'm a three, I'm a three. And he finally went, like, okay. You can-. And he'll actually play some three, uh, I think, with Jonathan Isaac next to him, too. So he's in a perfect spot for for output. Um, I, they don't have a ball handler, um, really, on that team. Right. So you'd think he's going to handle the ball a lot. Dude. I, I ex- probably expecting, like, three and a half, four dimes. Um, so, yeah, he's. I mean, this team is just bereft with talent. I mean, they got nothing going on there. I mean, <laughs> yeah, sure, who is but their like, point guard? Yeah, Are they gonna ro- they're rolling with Augustine again, I guess. Yeah, I guess so, man. So we'll see. Yeah. Simmons, Simmons is in a decent spot. They're gonna probably. They, what if they go no point guard, man? They did very rarely. Uh, I don't think Clifford's ever rolled no point guard before. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think, but I don't think so. So maybe he'll be open to that. Uh, I think the Clifford thing's like I love Clifford. He's a, he draws up a lot of cool stuff. So I think he's he's in a, again he's in a great spot. Uh, anything else you want to add magic-wise? Are you in on Isaac, by the way? Isaac? Yeah. I mean, his his defensive per-minute stats are just ridiculous. So for that alone, I'm I'm keeping two eyes on him throughout the preseason. Yeah, 6, 7, 8 for me it would, would be Allen, Bell, Isaac. That's pretty much like if I imagine how my draft going, if I don't get bigs early. You could never have too many bigs either, so that's definitely yeah. what I'm thinking. Y- you think Jared Allen will be available in the sixth come, come draft day or...? Um, yeah, maybe. Unless maybe unless you keep hyping him. Yeah, right. He <laughs> went the fourth. Um, but yeah. a net, Homer pick. He's a Nets fan, the guy that took him. But, um, uh, do, oh, what do, you, do you think Ed Davis affects him at all? By the way, that was a bargain. What do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, that was a great deal, which you could tell because all the Blazers were furious that, that they lost Ed Davis for a one-year 4.4, I think it was 4.4 million, mm-hmm. um, which they could have fit right into the mid-level, so go figure. 
Uh, instead, they got Nick Stauskas. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm not worried about Ed Davis's impact on Jared Allen. I, I think it was a gr- great real world pickup. I think in terms of Allen's development, it was a great pickup. Um, we saw that part of the reason the Nets reportedly uh, came to terms with buying out Dwight was because they didn't want him to be the the mentor and role model for Jared Allen, which makes sense. Um, Ed Davis is the complete opposite. He's just a team player, guy who puts his head down, goes to work, is going to battle in the paint every single possession, and that's what they want Allen to do. So I, I love it. I think he's going to play 15 minutes, you know, 18 minutes a game, and Allen can soak up the rest, so it's it's fine for me. Fantastic offensive rebounder, great rim runner. I love the pickup. It's probably I've, I've said it's probably the best pickup, like as far as bargains go. Like to get Ed Davis that cheap is is awesome, and I I don't get why. The, there was a story from um, on Pro Basketball talked about it, and it's just saying like, and like we mentioned, I, I'm I'm in on Zach Collins now. Like I said yesterday, are you are you in on him at all? Or no? Yeah, and I mean it depends, but even if they bring back Nurch, I think they're going to be in on Zach Collins with a, an expanding role. So, yeah, he's a deep-seated sort of flyer guy. Yeah. Uh, so what about Alfred Payton? A pretty cheap contract to the Pelicans. Probably mm-hmm. going to play, you know, 20 minutes. I'm not drafting him. No. There's a reason that the Magic gave him up for a second-round pick and then the Suns waved him. Yeah. Uh, and the Pelicans apparently want him to be a backup. They're hoping to retain Rajon Rondo, have Payton come off the bench as one of the, in quotes, best backup point guards in the league I, I don't care I'm not gonna draft him if he does start the season I'm sure he's gonna be you know going in the middle rounds and even so I'm not gonna touch him there yeah from the area so that was pretty cool I think that was definitely a factor for him uh, to move back home so pretty cool there uh, moving along here um, the Clippers are in on Kevon Looney we'll see what happens uh, also I mentioned Jordan Bell um, Looney got talked up too by Slater, not as much as Bell, but um, definitely got to keep an eye on. Um, Chris Bosh possibly doing a comeback attempt. We'll see what ha- what happens there. Um, Julius Randle, we're still waiting on him, man. So what's up with that? What do you do? You think he's going to be? Um, what do you think? Where do you think he's going to be? Um, well, it entirely depends. I, I expect him to be in LA if they can't pull off some sort of big trade because the Lakers can go over the cap to sign him because he's restricted. They could also renounce his rights and get a you know a lot more cap space to bring in someone like DeMarcus Cousins if that's what they have to do, uh, in, in which case they'd probably end up stretching Luol Deng as well. Um, or in some sort of trade with Kawhi, obviously Randall would be a part of that. So I think he'll be in L.A. unless they make a big splashy move for one of these star free agents. Maybe a, uh, Zach Lowe had mentioned like a big one-year deal for like 20-ish million because they're kind of out of the uh, the big, big game hunting with like Demarcus and stuff. Unless Demarcus takes a pay cut or something like that, which maybe he does. Um, coming off the Achilles thing, we'll see. But true, yeah. And and even if Randall isn't into a one year deal, as we've said before, with restricted free agents, they don't have much leverage. So it's not like he could turn around and say, yeah, but this team wants to give me a, a three year deal near the max. That's not going to happen. So. Yeah, that's that's interesting, and maybe maybe they end up going that route because the Lakers are all about maintaining cap flexibility for 2019. As we've seen, they've yet to sign someone to more than a one-year deal other than LeBron James. Which is fine. <laughs> so, J.J. Reddick's back. A uh, guy that was a phenomenal fit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm down. Like, I, if I miss out on threes and I draft a lot of bigs or something and I want to take them late, sure. But um, 
you know, a little bit of a discount, I guess, after the, the crazy one-year deal. But, um, yeah, this pretty much is what it is. Yep, a guy who checks the boxes. Um, Percentage-wise, doesn't get any defensive stats or supporting stats. So, basically, see, I'm not in love with the guy. Most of his value comes from three-pointers. That's really easy to find on the waiver wire throughout the season. So, you know, you look at his overall value. Maybe he's a top 80 guy or whatever it might be per game. But most of that comes from three-pointers, which are one of the easiest ones to find. So, therefore, I'm not I'm not interested unless he falls past 100. Uh, so let's talk about Tyreek Evans. Man, Tyreek Evans' brother went in on uh, the Grizzlies saying that they, he'll give them a meeting if they kind of want. Um, so they haven't really met with him yet, which is crazy. <laughs> um, the Grizzlies, man, I don't know what the hell they're doing. But uh, anyways, um, Lakers are interested. OKC could go after him. Um, I'm n- I'm team never Tyreek. Um, are you? I'm, if he lands in like the perfect spot, like the Lakers, maybe you know second unit ball handler, especially if they're going to be really thin or if the Lakers gut their roster or something, maybe he could be someone. Yeah, picturing a second unit uh, unit perhaps of Tyreek Evans and Lance Stevenson <laughs> leading the backcourt just confuses me to no end. I don't. I mean, they both need the ball. They, I don't know. It's that's weird. But uh, yeah, if he lands in an ideal situation, sure, he's coming off a shockingly good campaign last year, and the only reason. He kind of fell short was because the Grizzlies were tanking and they shut him down. So he's a guy I could see myself. I'd have to kind of sell myself on him because uh, you're right. And my knee jerk reaction is, no, I'm not going to draft Tyreek Evans. Um, but we'll see. I don't know. He, he's been linked to the Warriors. Is that right? Uh, there was some talk about the Warriors. Not so much lately. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but yeah, he's in there. But yeah, him, the Thunder are apparently going to spend a billion dollars. Um, and the Hornets also need, like we mentioned, Curry. They definitely need another ball handler there. Uh, yeah. Also, by the way, Malik Monk's been talked up hardcore by Borrego. Um, he was dead last um, in efficiency on points per possession among like 500 players or something. Like as long as you played like more than 30 minutes, he was dead last. Um, huh. But yeah, I don't know. I'm interested, but if I'm punting field goal percentage, maybe I take a look at him. Yeah, Monk's interesting because we we never really got a look at him last year. Clifford kind of refused to play him as they pursued the the postseason. And then only towards the very, very end did he kind of get some some games. It was uh, 25, 30 minutes. Yeah, he went off. His last five games was like 20. Yeah, and and he came through. So there's part of a question. I don't know how much point guard he could play. He seems like more of a true shooting guard. But again, I haven't seen too much of him. So uh, a guy I'm going to be watching intently throughout the – uh, preseason, then is, is he going to play in summer league? He must, right? Uh, I haven't seen actually. I think he's on the roster, but I don't know if he's going to. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Okay. Pretty sure he's going to play though. Yeah. But anyway, gotta gotta watch intently because I yeah I could see that especially if Borrego is talking him up, which I hadn't seen. Uh, he could take a huge step this year. Yep. Uh, Alan Williams got waived. Are you into DeAndre? I'm pretty into DeAndre Ayton, man. Um, like oh yes, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. how how high are we? How high are we talking? Like fourth round for sure, or what? I'll take him fourth round. I think last time we were on the pod, we kind of picked his stats, and I'm I'm thinking 15-10 is reasonable with a you know block and a half plus per game. Um, should have good field goal percentage. I'm I'm into him, and I think the Suns, deep by default, are going to give him 30 plus minutes with Tyson Chandler cleaning up the other 18 or whatever it might be. Um, yeah, I, I think fourth round is totally reasonable. Yeah. Um- uh, officially, Monk's on the roster. So is Willie Hernan Gomez, Miles Bridges as well. So pretty good. Bryce Johnson's on the roster too. Pretty good team to watch there. 
Nice. Um, I think that's kind of it. Uh, anything else you want to add here? We didn't really talk about Lance Stevenson's value. Do you, think, you don't care, right? <laughs> no. <Yeah. laughs> uh, one guy since just since summer league came up and good rosters. I'd say a terrible roster to watch is the Nuggets. Um, what do you think about Michael Porter Jr.? He's not going to be playing in summer league, and it's kind of unclear if he'll be ready for training camp, let alone opening night. What are you? What are your thoughts on him? No, thank you. Uh, yeah, I'm the same. Much, I see Harry Giles all over it. Just like, okay, maybe we'll get him in January, maybe we won't, and then possibly shut him down. So I don't – maybe they, maybe if they trade him, though, because they got to get off their, their their cap number down. So I don't know. Yeah, and even more so with, with the Nuggets, you'd think, than with Giles and the Kings last year because the Nuggets want to win. And they've – you know, they're looking at the postseason. They've got a huge uh, luxury tax bill coming their ways. So they're not really in, like, develop now mode, and why take any risk with a – with a lottery pick coming off back surgery who had hip injuries before the draft. There's like dozens of red flags there. So I'm, I'm walking away on draft day. Yeah. All right. So that's it. Uh, I don't know when we'll be doing another pod. We've got the 4th of July coming out. So maybe Wednesday before 4th of July, no summer league games that day. So maybe Jonas and I will recap those. I don't know what we're going to do, but obviously I want to do as many pods as we can with summer league around. I'll be around on Twitter and yeah, it's basketball season again, man. Pumped. I love it. Have a happy 4th, Mike. You too. Thanks. Thanks for listening, guys.